podcast with Mike and Bomber. All right, here we are after the footy frenzy. Uh, we are back um, with another episode of the Holding the Ball podcast. Mike, how are you? Going well, mate. Going well. Interesting weekend of football. Yeah, yeah, very interesting weekend, but we just needed to give uh, the listeners a bit of time to just, you know, take in Bombers' top 10 of the last decade after the last uh, last episode. We had some just soaring ratings over that one. Uh now, listeners in Ireland, I didn't know we had uh, listeners over there, but cheers for listening over in Ireland. That's awesome. And uh, our usual suspects in Spain, also some listeners in Germany and Turkey and Malaysia. So, I don't know, that's Bush. Bush, if you're listening, g'day. Um, and a few in the US. So, great to see uh, a lot of people tuning in. So, we'll get into our stars and flogs now. We'll go. We'll just go f- uh, off recent form because obviously there's been about four rounds moulded into one. Uh, so, Mike, who is your star? You go with your star and flog. All right. So, you know, obviously lots of prep goes into this for Mike and I. Uh, my <laughs> star is, and uh, he's got his haters, and I don't, I don't really understand why. Um, my star is Nick Nat. Um, he had a equal record for him of 16 hitouts to advantage against the Hawks uh, on Sunday um, to go with 11 contested possessions. Um, I think Nick Nat, which is great to see, had a few score involvements and four clearances as well. I think um, he's back to some really good form. It's good, good from an Eagles supporter's perspective to see him fit. And I guess he's been... I mean, what is he now? I think he's 30. Um, he's certainly been robbed of injury the last couple of seasons. Um, he has. I, I think, think uh, if you were talking earlier about All-Australian, I think he's probably the, the lock for the Rucks, Ruck position. Well, I, you know, I don't want to be biased, but I think he has to be. And I, I think if anyone's going to take that mantle off him at the moment, it's probably Goldstein. So it's a bit of almost a change in the guard, getting the old guard back in, because I don't think Grundy's at his best. And I don't think... A Gorn's been good, but I don't. I think, um, but he's gone. He, he's gone. Yeah. So yeah, he was in the stands last week, wasn't he? Um, yeah. So um, I think it's Nick Nat and, and Goldstein. But Nick Nat's in great form, and yes, he you could argue he doesn't get the stats that some of the others get. But gee, his work in the middle just sets up that Eagles midfield, um, gives them first look a lot of the time. So Nick Nat's yeah. my star. He's going well, and I hope he can stay fit for the rest of the season. Over to you. All right. No, go with your flog because oh, mine both okay. relate to the obvious. So, okay, uh, all right, all right. So uh, my flog, and this has been talked about a little bit, my flog is Tom Lynch from Richmond, uh, not the Adelaide one. He doesn't do a lot. So uh, so this is a, a comment from Mitch Robertson from Brisbane. Uh, I don't think it was on Twitter, but it's been put on Twitter. I think it was on some little gaming chat that he was on. He loves his e-games. Does, he does, uh, doesn't he? E-sports, does, uh... does Mitch uh, Robinson. He said he went to a good team to get success. That's what he did. He went to a premiership team and he thinks he's that good. He just does my head in. He's a wanker. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, And uh, I can't help. But agree with him. I know there's a few people saying, oh, he overstepped the mark. I think Daisy Thomas, of all people, told him online that he overstepped the mark. And I just think, nah, I think fair call. That It was very interesting watching that. 
fake sort of hit on Sam Collins on the weekend and Sam Collins just did not flinch at all. Mm. Um, and uh, so he's acting like a bit of a twit. I think he copped two striking charges on the weekend and got two separate fines. So he's acting like a bit of a tool at the moment, Tom Lynch, and he's not – he doesn't really have the form to back it up at the moment, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so he's not not there amongst the top goal scorers at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Tom Lynch, he's my flog. Yeah, no, I agree with that one. That's a, that's a good one. He's getting a bit of a big head over there at Richmond. Yeah. Well, last year I heard someone say – I think it was Bruce. Now, I love everything Bruce says, as you know. But uh, – he said it was a fairy tale that, uh, you know, Lynch was playing and winning games. I'm like, no, no, you're leaving the bottom team and going to the top team is not a fairy tale. Yeah, it's not a fairy tale. Um, at no. all. Um, it's just, you know, the unfortunately a flaw in our game where you can leave the bottom team and go to the top team. Um, but anyway, Tom Lynch, you're a vlog. Over to you. Go on. Go on. Let's go. You've been waiting. Right. You've been brewing. Star, and I'm going to just push through this quickly because I uh, – didn't like the lead up, yes. but uh, my star is Jack Nunes for uh, his after the siren. Uh, it was it was a perfect kick. Yeah, well, he, yeah. Uh, didn't he did everything he had to do. Didn't and, deviate. Uh, congratulations to him. After he had to dispose of the cameraman and the chair and, and all that stuff, it was. There it was, was a photo going around of the, the photo that that cameraman took of him kicking, and oh, it's really? a fantastic photo. All right, okay, I haven't yeah. seen that one. I have to check it out. Um, so that's all I have to say about Jack. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm going straight into my flogs, which we're going to say is the umpires. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say in general. In the game because okay. I recognise that most of the decisions leading up to that goal were correct. Yep. Uh, were you, were you, I, now, you were at the game. I was at were the you, game. Were you in the vicinity of the I incident? Was, right, oh, I think I was row nine and uh, I was right in line with where the ball got paid deliberate out of me. Oh, right. So you were right the, there. behind the interchange. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Now... The the issue we had at the game was we saw what happened that they paid deliberate. Yep. And then it got kicked down the line, saw that it went out of bounds, and we all thought, oh, you know, that's lucky. We didn't actually even see what had happened, you know, and and it it seemed to take forever for them to make a decision and get it down there. And Mm. initially I thought we were getting a free kick because it went out out of bounds on the full. Then I thought the umpire had the ball. Maybe they were going to throw it in. Maybe it was touched off the boot. And then the umpire threw it to Jack Nunes. And I just, <laughs> we were all just like, what's going on? And then the siren went and he kicked the goal. And it was, uh, we didn't, I didn't know what actually happened until I turned the radio on sort of outside the ground to, to see what had um, transpired. So it was, it was baffling. There was a, there would have been a bit of feedback on six PR, no doubt. There was <laughs> plenty of feedback. Uh, the, uh, I haven't heard the umpires be booed off like they were uh, <laughs> after that match for a long time. Yeah. Um, so on the the whole decision, and I guess you can come in with your opinion of everything here. Sure. Um, Umpires were poor all game. There was a number of decisions that they made uh, where I was expecting downfield free kicks to be paid, where the player was 
taken out after the ball was kicked or something like that, and they didn't, and they brought it all the way back. So I felt that for them to do it in this occasion, on this occasion was a bit inconsistent with how they'd been umpiring the game. Yeah. Um, I have no issue with the deliberate out-of-bounds. I didn't like it, but uh, and they also didn't pay deliberate out-of-bounds all game. Uh, but, you know, it was it was pretty obvious. Mm. I think Matt Tavener has a bit to answer for for just sort of doing that and running off and sort of not being able to man the mark and stop him from playing on. Yeah. So I think uh, that that was down to Tavener. Um, but I think obviously there was the AFL admitted to one of the decisions being wrong, which was the giving the uh, ball to Nunes instead of Gibbons. Uh, I thought that the actual position of the free kick down, down the ground was also wrong. I saw the... Um, boundary umpire point to basically the intersection of the 50 meter line and the boundary line as a spot where he was going to pay a out of bounds on the full yep. decision. And then they, they put the sort of man on the mark another 10 meters or so past the 50. So that was the one that I thought was a bit strange that uh, I thought they could have, said something about but i don't know what were your thoughts well yeah like uh, i guess like you i mean i didn't watch the full game so i can't comment on the inconsistencies and all the rest of it um i think i watched the majority of the second half i thought the deliberate was there uh, i thought that one was a free kick i i in all honesty i didn't get a good enough look and i don't think the cameras had a good enough look at the brayshaw hit to see if it was worthy of a downfield or not. So I don't really know. Um, yeah, only the ump. But the ump was in perfect position, but who knows? Like, and But you're saying, you know, there may have been op- other opportunities. So I don't really know. But, I mean... I think the Brayshaw one was 50-50. It yeah. was, I think it was a bit soft to pay it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I can see why they paid it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, obviously... Um, yeah, regardless, I hadn't even really thought about where the ball went out, but um, Gibbons should have taken the kick. And I, just from a first point, because Gibbons was standing there with his arms out wanting the ball, uh, he's the one who's the goal kicker. Like, I thought that, oh, yeah, Nunes is taking it. You know, Freya would be happy with that. Um, and then Nunes goes back and slots it. Well, um, he'd missed an absolute sitter. I don't know if it was earlier that quarter or... Uh, yeah, maybe the third quarter, but he was running into an open goal and, yeah, he missed it completely. And it was um, – so I was very surprised when it went dead straight. And yeah. the goal umpire did what he does when it goes straight over the head and just, just does the whole Mike, head back. Mike is doing, doing the sort of, uh, goal ump posture there. Yeah, sort of gymnastic routine. So, so. You'd, you'd be feeling a bit – Hard done by. And if Taylor, if you're listening, he's tagged me in. Oh, yeah, I got messages on Snapchat and I got messages on Facebook. I got tagged in things. And I, my response was, and, you know, I, I mean, as a neutral supporter, it was quite entertaining. <laughs> but um, um, it, I don't think there'd been a single goal kicked in the last quarter until that point. It was a pretty tough, dogged affair. It was very low scoring. I, I don't think the Dockers kicked a goal in the second half. Yeah, I had money on Lockie Schultz for an anytime goal kicker, so I was hoping that he would bag one late, but I think he missed one. Um, and then um, then uh, bloody 
that happens after the siren and it was all very exciting. So I don't know. But um, yeah, there were a few areas in there. Let's let's say I can, feel, I can understand how Freo supporters are feeling a little, well, a little hard done I, by at the moment. I came across a swamp stat. Here you go. About, go on. About uh, games decided after the final siren. Oh, here we go. Um, actually, before I say that, mm-hmm. the thing I immediately thought of when that all happened at the game was the siren gate debacle in Tasmania where the siren was not loud enough and they kept playing on and the Dockers, I think it was St Kilda. It would end up being a draw, didn't it? it was I think that they ended up reversing it and um, oh, yes, they the Dockers did. the win. They did, yeah, I think. Um, that was that was my thinking. My thought process was like, this is so bad that I thought of that where they've actually yeah, overturned right. the decision. Okay. But um, yeah, sorry, the swamp stat. Maybe why this this is why it felt so bad uh, as a Dockers supporter. Um, we've been in involved in six after the siren uh, deciders, I guess you call them. And is that in your history? Of them. Oh, right. Is that in your history or just over yeah, uh, history? Okay. So that was the first one that we'd lost after the siren. I know that. That's why it hurt so much. Yeah, maybe. They're not, they're not nice. Um, I think uh, there's obviously the two Monday ones and the long mule ones which spring to mind. Yep. Um, I don't know I of any others. I remember them all. But yeah. uh, you, your boys are three and zero Winning. after the siren. Yep. Haven't well, lost after the siren. Well, I know Nick Nat kicked a goal after the siren. Um, was Luke Chewy's after the siren? Uh, yes. That was in after the siren extra time in Adelaide. I was there. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Good memories. <laughs> Nick Nat also had a second one in against the Giants in general play off the last play of the day. But I think yeah, I when, don't think that was after the siren though. I think when it went through, the siren went. So I don't know if they class that as after the siren. But um, well, it's you know it's all very exciting. It's interesting uh, when you're on Melbourne, the winning team. Melbourne are currently zero and six. After the siren. Well, they got done by Geelong with Zach Tui, I think, kicked that goal after the siren last year. Melbourne completely botched it. Um, yeah, Melbourne, eh? Because these are actually going all right. Should we talk about are – you, are you done? Are you finished on, on the Dockers? Are you? I'll just say one more thing. I had a – I said that it was basically I think that that whole thing could have been avoided if Matt Tabernard, first of all, didn't put it out deliberately. Mm-hmm. Could have just grabbed it and yep. got tackled. Having a good year, though, uh, the tab, just quietly. I was getting to that. Okay, um, sorry. And then, obviously, not manning the mark, but I was going to say that he is one of only two players to have kicked a goal in every possible round of 2020. Who's the other one? Uh, the other one is Jeremy Finlayson. Finlayson? Uh, yeah, right. And apparently, well, I mean, it says all possible rounds that, that maybe that they've played, so I yeah. don't know if Finlayson's played every game. But okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, so Matt Tavener is having a good year. He is currently sitting at uh, number six on the Coleman le- medal leaderboard by 21 goals. And uh, Tom Hawkins having an absolute blinder recently, sitting on 30. So, Pippin, your man. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping JK can get over the line. Uh, Hawkins has got a game in hand. Don't forget that. Um, so... A couple of things uh, off the top. Well, we're not really on the top anymore, but rising star this week was Max King. Uh, I think it was just a matter of time uh, before that uh, happened. Three goals, three contested marks. Now, Mike, I've come up with a new segment. Now, 
Um, those who know me well, Dan, if you're listening, um, we need a bit of a nah, wrong button. Nah, still wrong. Nah. Okay, never mind. Um, we have. Uh, I like the older guys, right? I, I'm a bit sentimental, and I don't like it when clubs ship off the old blokes, right? So I'm coming up with a new award for the week, and it's the Falling Star. So I'm going to go the best player of the week that is over 32. Right, that he's over 32, so we're going to do that every week. And okay. it's a pretty obvious one this week, and uh, that is Tom Hawkins. He's the He just turned 32 last month, uh, so okay. scrapes in just with the so six. That was why you picked 32, was it? Uh, no, I just thought 30 is, leaves it a bit too open because, I mean, look at the, some of the guns of the comp are 32, Dangerfield and all that. No, sorry, 30. Dangerfield and co are all 30. So I thought 32 is a bit more out there. So uh, Tom Hawkins, six goals, 10 marks. He just smashed it. Smashed Port Adelaide. He um, did. I think he out- outscored Port Adelaide, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. yeah, well, he kicked six. They kicked. They finished on 31 points for the night. So mm. the Tomahawk is my falling star for round okay. 12. The falling star. The falling star. Get around it. Um, some other stuff happening, Mike. This uh, whole situation with Elijah Taylor from the Sydney Swans. Mm-hmm. Just um, Titus O'Reilly saying, I wish the Adelaide Crows had the dedication that his girlfriend had uh, to get into the uh, June Lot Resort. Um, okay. So, yeah, not not great form from Elijah. I uh, I heard her speak, uh, and and well, I think I may have read something, and she said that there was no security guards. She just walked in, and I think I read that she was there for eight hours or something. And then some of the teammates found her and dobbed him in. Oh, the teammates, you know, the ones. Because he's a new draftee yeah. this year. Yeah, his first year from um, uh, WA, I think. Yes. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, but I have also noticed that there's been a bit of racial vilification directed his way afterwards, which is, you know, we, we don't – that's stupid. Well, there's um, no room for that. There's no for any for reason, is there? A lot of people hiding behind keyboards out there. But, um, yeah, he's let his teammates down. He's let uh, himself down because he's, you know, as a first-year player, um, uh, you want to make the best of your opportunity, and uh, he certainly hasn't done that on this occasion. So I think he's suspended for the rest of this season. Um, yeah, he is. The AFL and, uh, getting Sydney tough. got fined $50,000. I think half of it was suspended, but still. Um, and, I, you know, I know Probably rookies. salary, is it? Uh, rookies get easy. Well, they're on 50% at the moment, so rookies are on about 90, I think. So oh. it's not, it's not <laughs> a lot of money. Give us your money back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, And on that note, so obviously Elijah Taylor, hopefully you'll have plenty of time to think about it for the rest of the season. Um, but on that note... Thursday night at Optus Stadium. How about the Swans just getting it done over the Giants? Well, I think the talking point of that game is how bad the Giants were rather than the Swans because I think if the Giants played reasonable, they probably would have been able to take the the Swans pretty easily. The Giants just haven't been able to get it. They only scored three goals. So they scored 25 points. They've just been... I don't know. They've been pretty ordinary, the Giants. They're now sitting ninth, I think. Um, they only just got over the line against the Bombers in their last game, and the Bombers aren't going so well. Um, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit concerned. Like the, the Giants at the moment, outside the eight, if they miss the eight with that list coming off a grand final belting 
where they should really be smarting. Um, there'll be a bit, few questions asked, I would have thought. GWS the next Adelaide? Uh, I, well, I think there's too much talent on the list for that, but it's a bit of a worry and, and, and questions will start being asked of the coach. But just as uh, I'm all about the positives, Mike, as you know. Um, Terry Wallace was on radio saying that Sydney, he reckons Sydney have got the best group of under-23s in the comp. And I can't help but agree with him. Now, Isaac Heaney and Tom okay. Papley are 24, so they just missed that. Um, but have a listen to these names. They're all right. Nick Blakey, who's looking all right. Callum Mills. Um, Jordan Dawson. Uh, Robottom. Stephen, so they picked in the top five of last year's draft. Bell. Melican, Florent, Foot, uh, who else? Haywood, McCartan. So they played in the side on the weekend and are all under 23. I think that Sydney have done this rebuild, if it were, beautifully. Um, like I think a lot of those blokes, and Hewitt's not playing. So a lot of these guys, particularly the Florence and Co., have Haywoods, have probably already played 50 games and they're going to be tickety-boo in a couple of years, the Swans, I reckon. I reckon the horse has done well. Yeah, unlike the crows, so we're going to be on the bottom the, uh, At that to make uh, make an argument, but um, some good yeah, names I'm surprised. There. I sort of thought that they were they were probably going to be cellar dwellers for a little while. I don't know Sydney. I mean, we know what Sydney are like. They never go away. Um, they're that team of the last twenty years who's always been thereabouts. But I, I like their youth coming through. I think they got some led by obviously Parker Lloyd, um, Rampy, and Co. Someone told me last week, actually, and I was really surprised that Rampy's only like 26. He looks like he's 32. Um, So apparently he's still got a lot of footy in him. So Swans might be pushing up before we, you know, realise it. And who knows what's going on with Buddy. But, um, yeah, so an interesting one. And a question for you, Mike. Mm. A lot of people not talking about Geelong. Like, are they the real deal? Well, the thing that concerned me, I guess, although, I mean, the, the Eagles beat them over here. Um, yes. But I guess they were they were pretty good that night, I thought, in Geelong. Um, against Port? No. Against oh, against West Eagles. Coast. They were, yeah. In their loss. Only so, just, I think they were in front at three-quarter time, the Cats. But to win by 60 points over Port Adelaide, who are, I think, still top of the ladder. They are. Um, that's a big statement, isn't it? Huge. Um, so, massive. Yeah, I think they're in in the box seat at the moment as the maybe the form team, given that they're sort of performing while they're away from home. Uh, I think the only thing that the Eagles, I think, would be the form team if they can show some away form. Yeah. Um, when we move up to Queensland, but um, yeah, so Geelong currently the highest scoring team in the comp, so they've got the the best sort of goals kicked. And I tell you what, um, one bloke I reckon who has really stood up for the Cats this year, West Aussie, Sam Menegola has been outstanding this year, and he's always been a good player. Um, but I think in the absence of Ablett, particularly, he's taken on that almost goal kicking wingman type and he's on fire he's going great guns he's a good player uh ex uh, ex Fremantle player yes so, ex docker <laughs> so uh yeah um yeah i reckon the cats are just ticking along beautifully at the moment so 
we'll, we'll look at their lineup, their matchup for this weekend, and see if they'll um, push a little further Atlanta. But I think the Cats, you know, are going by not. No, oh, they play Adelaide. Um, but uh, yeah, and what do you what do you think about the Pies? Oh, the hot pies that are a bit cold at the moment. So I think they get Pendlebury back this week. That's the word. But, um, gee, they've just been smashed by injury, haven't they, the pies? As much as I don't, have, like, I, I don't like to make excuses for them. I mean, there's plenty of teams that are struggling with injury. There are. Um, but to lose to, by, I think it was 56 points to Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne, I guess, are a bit up and about, but they didn't have Max gone in their lineup. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. That's that's worrying signs. Uh, yeah. Um, the Maggies are just um, they're just sort of going at the moment. That's about it. They've had their issues this year. Just got side bottom back. He's going okay. Um, but yeah, no, they they're not looking good at all. Obviously, West Coast smashed them a couple of weeks ago. Then um, they're just inside the eight at the moment. Um, they're sitting seventh. Um, and I just, yeah, no, nah, they're not, they're no certain at all. They should beat North this week, but they're, um, they're looking a bit shaky, the Pies. And it's interesting, most of their midfield's there. Um, still got Adams there, um, side bottoms back. Um, but I, I know, yeah, again, they've got injuries, but the Pies, I'm a bit, I reckon if you look at the eight at the moment, Melbourne are just inside. You've got Collingwood seventh. I reckon they're the team that drops out potentially because you've got GWS, the Bulldogs, Essendon just outside. Essendon look horrendous at the moment as well. But um, the Bulldogs are so up and down at the moment. The Bulldogs play Melbourne this week. That's a big game. We'll get to that in a minute. But it's going to be interesting with the Pies. It will. I think they're going to struggle. They might (laughs) scrape into the finals, but... Yeah, no games of the MCG. Form. They do zero damage in the finals. Yeah, no games in the G, and all of a sudden, uh, well, there you go. The rest is history. Right. Uh, shall um, we? Anything else from you? Yeah, in our last pod, I think I posed a question without notice. Oh, hang on. This is the the um, go on. So I think I asked you what was the best trade deal. Oh yes. Last yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, or I guess, yeah, of, of 2019, which obviously the best player playing at the moment at their new club. Yeah. I think this is a, such an easy answer. Um, yeah, I think I know what you're uh, going to say too. Um, um, it has to be Butler. Um, mm. like he's sitting third on the Coleman medal at the moment, 22 goals. Um, was almost lost in that Richmond forward line because they've got so much talent in there and has gone to the Saints and he's just an – a revitalized player. Like, and they got him for, I think pick 56 or something like not only is it a bargain, but he, he could be all Australian. Like he's genuinely, we well, should be at the moment. He's kicked the most goals out of any small forward. So it'll be him between him, Charlie Cameron and Tom Papley at the moment for a, they'll be battling for the small forward spots. You would think, um, he's been outstanding. He has. Um, I don't know who would be second, Special mentions. Special mentions. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, I guess Go uh, Tim Kelly's. He's coming come, good. Come good. He's coming. He's been a lot better in the last few weeks. As, as the Eagles have got better, he's been better. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think who else has been really good that's moved clubs. Josh Jenkins has done a lot for Geelong. 
Um, <laughs> so, um, so much that I forgot he was playing at Geelong. Yeah, he's at Geelong. Um, uh, Matt Rowe was all right for Colchester, but they, I, yeah, I'd, um, I'm well, yeah, not that, sure. Who, who do you think's now leading the rising star for the year? The rising star. I don't think Rankin's done enough. Um, He's just had the most flashiest moments. I reckon. But it's not. You as know consistent. what? I reckon your man's in with a chance. I reckon Sarong's got to be thereabouts. He does. I think the last game or two, a little bit quieter, but mm. he's had some big games and played. On, he has been mining up against basically the best player yeah. in the opposition's midfield. He was on Crips for a long time uh, on the weekend and. I think Cripps probably showed him a thing or two, to be honest. But, but um, they're, they're good experiences for a for a young player. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in the in the running. Let me have a quick look here. Uh, so Sarong is currently the favourite with Rankin. Um, do you think Noah Anderson uh, was very good on the weekend for the that's Suns? True, Noah Anderson. Uh, do you think Max King is a chance? He's Oh, just hard. You know who I've liked, and and our man picked this uh, Silve when he was on last year. Georgiades has been very good. He's for, been solid, hasn't he? Port. Has he been nominated yet? He has in round nine. Um, it was talk of the bloke for Hawthorne being will day solid. Day's been good. So the favourites at the moment, you've got Sarong and Rankin at three dollars on Sportsbet. Uh, Anderson at five. Max King at five fifty. And then it's a big gap out to Georgiades on $17. So at the moment, I'm going to go with Sarong, your boy at the minute. Yeah, he's looking good. Looking good. And he's, yeah, getting some good numbers in the midfield. And as you said, taking on some pretty good players. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, he uh, signs a new deal. I noticed this week that our our boy, um, Liam Henry, who has not played a game, but pushing for a game this week, I think. Sign a new deal. Yep. Uh, hopefully the other two draftees can sign long-term deals as well. Yeah. No, well, you've got some yeah, good talent. It's good to see from your side as well. Brayshaw and Chera, they were both top picks. Yeah. They're starting to play some really good footy. Yeah, so. I've really enjoyed watching them the last few weeks. Yeah. And with, I really just want, from an Eagles perspective, um, I want to see Hamish play. I really do because the Eagles, I mean, Yo's out for a few weeks now. Redden didn't play on the weekend. So the Eagles are a bit down in the midfield. Um, I'd love to see Hamish Brayshaw get a game because he, he was an emergency last week. I feel like he's knocking on the door. Um, yeah, I'd love to see him have a crack. Who did I see in the midfield? Was it is it Ainsworth? Ainsworth. Is... Yes. he's yeah. um, He's been on the list for a few years, Ainsworth. I actually rate him. Um but, you know, he's only played eight games. I think he's going to take a little while. So he's sort of – I think he's playing the old Chris Maston role um, where he sort of just runs a lot. Just runs. Yeah. <laughs> just runs everywhere. Um, doesn't get a, a heap of the footy, but he's, he's very sort of slim. But Simo obviously likes him because he's come in whenever a midfielder's gone out. Like he came in and replaced Shuey earlier in the season. Now he's replacing Yo. So, nah. I'm glad that they, I mean, Eagles have still managed to debut a couple of couple of players this year. Nick Reed played his first game after coming from the Ammos, right. which was good. I got him. I got on him for an anytime goal kicker, which was good for me. Um, but uh, yeah, which was no, nah, that was excellent. So, all right, let's have a break, and we'll preview a big. This is the first normal weekend of footy, and probably the only normal weekend of footy we're going to get. So it's actually a Friday to Monday round. So we'll have a break, and we'll preview this weekend of footy.
This is Holding the Ball, the podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, wherever you're listening around the world, oh, gee, that feels good. Uh, wherever you're listening around the world, uh, thanks for, for listening in. And uh, we are here to preview round 13. So you've had a couple of days breather from the footy frenzy. And we're going to be back with a blockbuster at the home of footy. Or no, it's not really. Well, it's a new home of footy maybe in T.O. Stadium in Darwin. Footy goes to the NT, which is great. It is uh, good to see. And it's the Suns against the Blues. And I think this will be a good game. I think both sides play an attractive brand of footy. Um, yep. I, I'm a bit worried. I mean, the Suns, my boys, haven't won one in five. They had that draw a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Blues obviously had that. Uh, they'll be up and about after their big win over here. Um, how do you see this one going, Mike? Uh, I think it's it is a bit fifty fifty for me. Um, I'm not sure that the Suns. I sort of feel like the Suns are probably running out of steam a little bit, given the younger legs. They did only play on Monday night. Yeah. Okay. Forget <laughs> against, about those short Richard. turnarounds, don't you? Yeah. So they've only had a few days. So Stewie Jew would have had them down at uh, Surfers Paradise, just just walking in the. Uh, Walking in the, in the beach there at the surf club. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the sun's a bit of a worry. Yeah, um, I'm thinking the blues are probably, uh, yeah, $1.50 favourites. I think that they're probably the the ones to go with here. I'm sticking with the suns because, you know, I love the suns. Uh, and I think they'll win. Uh, rightio, on to, is it Saturday? We start off. This should be a good game. Bulldogs in Melbourne at uh, Metricon, so back to the home of footy we go. Um, so the Dogs played, or oh, they smashed Adelaide, but um, back to the winner's winners list after three straight losses. The Ds are looking pretty good, three wins in a row, and in the eight. The Ds are looking pretty good without Max gone. Uh, there's talk that he may not be back this week and that Bruce injured his hip in training. So Oh, dear. They could be without a uh, their two first choice, I guess, Ruckman. But mm. um, I still think, for me, the Demons are probably the stronger team here. The, the Dogs are hard to pick because they're just very up and down. Um, I just can't. I think it's very difficult to pick them against a decent side because you just can't. You just don't know which Bulldogs are going to turn up. Yeah, no, fair call. Um, oh, I don't know. Other, other Ds, I mean, the Ds smashed Collingwood. Collingwood, we know they're having some issues. The week before that, they smashed North. And the week before that, they smashed Adelaide. So my reservation about Melbourne is I don't know if they've beaten anyone um, at Melbourne without a Ruckman. I think Timmy English is playing really well for the Dogs. I'm going to stick with the Dogs. I'm going to go the Dogs. Okay. I think it's a flip of the coin, this one. I uh, think it is a bit. So the Dogs at $2.10 and the Ds at $1.74. So interesting one. Then we move on to... Uh, a game in Adelaide this week, Port against the Hawks. And we didn't mention before, James Sisley tearing his ACL is out for the season and probably half of next year. Um, that's a huge blow to, to the Hawks. And I think um, O'Meara is out as well with a hand injury. So, gee whiz, I think if you want to get on a 40-plus <laughs> this week, this might be a game to do it. Port sitting top of the ladder. Yeah, I don't think I can make a case for uh, Hawthorne uh, to beat Port here. Although Port did lose 
to uh, the Cats by 60 points last week. And, uh, you know, that's a demoralizing defeat against anyone, 60 points, 10 goals. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they'll come out swinging. And, I think they'll still win, but, uh, you know, you always have a feeling with Hawthorne, I think, the Clarko factor. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Hawks are no good this year. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be bottom two, I reckon. Bottom no, two? No, no, actually, no, they won't. They'll, they'll stay with our 16th at the moment. When's the last time Hawthorne finished 16th? That'll be something for you to, something for Swamp. We'll It'll check be interested to see what draft picks they've uh, given away. Oh, heaps. Oh, yeah, heaps. Um, all right, so port for both of us there. Then we move up to back to – hang on, where am I? Back, yeah, back to Darwin. Yeah, back to Darwin. Back they to got the Darwin for Essendon and Richmond. Um, yeah, not really a lot of great things happening with either side, but the Tigers got it done against the Gold Coast after a sluggish start. The they Bombers yep. are not looking overly promising at the no, moment. No, I don't know what's happened at the Bombers. They've sort of fallen off a cliff and... Um, Smacked by the Saints. Yeah, they've uh, they've lost their... Well, they, they drew their second last game, but they've lost the other three in the, of the last four. So, uh, I just can't see them doing enough here to to beat a decent side like Richmond. Well, they're struggling to kick a score. They haven't got, I, I don't think, enough for sort of firepower um, to get a score. Shout out to Jordan Ridley. He's playing really well um, uh, for the uh, for the Bombers. But I think the Tigers have got too much class here. And, uh, I think so. They're starting – well, they're not. They're just ticking along. They're t- if they saw Tom Lynch being a wanker out, as uh, Robbo says, uh, they'll be all right. So uh, Ridley to play on Lynch then? Ridley will not play on Lynch, Hurley will. But uh, I think that the Tigers will win this comfortably. Uh, then we go to the last weekend of footy in Perth. Uh, we've got the Dockers against the Swans. Interesting game, this one. Sydney up and about and have had uh, yeah. a nice week and a half little rest after last Thursday night's thumping of GWS. Yeah, they've been told off by... West Australian yes. government for, for breaking quarantine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, hopefully they've just been sitting inside, not training, not allowed to go out. On the golf course, maybe, on Junelop golf course? Maybe. Yeah, down at Junelop. Yeah. Nice spot. Um, I am all over my boys for this one. The oh. only concern I have is they've struggled a bit recently to kick goals, um, and I think they're towards the bottom of the – the scoring ladder, if there is such but a thing. Freo are, on, I guess because you flip the scores around, they have the lowest points against in the comp at the moment. So measly defence, though, the Dockers. Good defence, considering three of our best defenders are out. Yeah. So. Uh, but I think the second worst uh, four score. Yeah, so not kicking scores. I'm I'm going to stick my neck out and back the Swans here. I, I really liked what I saw from them last week, and uh, I think that uh, despite the youngster um, doing what he did, we'll I'll see think who's got right. the best best under twenty three lineup after this yeah, game. We will absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, we're split on that one. A Sunday morning, I don't think there'll be any arguments. Geelong play Adelaide uh, third, third uh, that is down in Adelaide. 
so I don't think there's much to say about this one really, is oh, there? Geelong will smash Adelaide and hopefully, yep. um, I don't know, Tom Hawkins might kick another six. We'll see. Um, oh, do you think Adelaide are going to win a game? Because I think we looked at this uh, not that long ago. Yeah. And there wasn't too many easy games for them left. No. Nah. Uh, I, I, I think uh, we might have a winless season coming up here. Wow. Um, Matthew next year, poor bloke. <laughs> what has he walked into? Yeah, welcome uh, to the life just, of coaching. Just the spiral downhill is unbelievable for this team since, you know, grand final of 2017. Three years ago, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, they finished minor premier and won their two finals and got into the grand final and it, yeah, and then the camp happened and then it all <laughs> fell apart. Uh, so, no. Nah. Shit. Um, all right, this game's going to be a cracker. Uh, Sunday afternoon, we've got Brisbane and the Saints. So that's second and fifth. Saints looking good. Yeah, they are. Um, Brisbane come off a bit from their heights of a few weeks ago. Yeah, they weren't great against North, beaten by point. Did you see Fagan going off uh, at half time? That was good to see. I don't mind a good spray. That was yeah, real nice. That's good. Uh, so Fag's just, you know, the toys were out of the pram, that's for sure. I remember that playing footy. You, you always wanted to make sure you weren't in the front row so yeah. you didn't cop the, cop the, the spit from the coach. Yeah, but uh, Fag's just let them have it, which, uh, you know, I don't mind that. I don't think Brisbane fans would mind that either, but at the Gabba, I reckon the Lions bounce back here. But this big I mean, this, game. This season is on a plate for, for Brisbane. Mm. Considering how well they did last year, yeah. they've been going well this year. What are they, second place on the ladder? Yes. Um, you know, grand final is 99% going to be at the Gabba. They I did think. lose two finals at home last year, <laughs> but I think that's the experience they needed to have. Um, yeah, but yeah, you sort of think that, you know, if it's on a plate for anybody, it, it's it's for them to yep. uh, just take it and win. Yep. So uh, we'll see how they go, but uh, I'm going to pick them against the Saints. Same. All right. And then we get to Optus Stadium again where we have West Coast against the Giants. Now, uh, yeah, I've got huge reservations against the Giants. Um, not saying that, I think they – I mean, I'd hate them to come out and give us a whack. But West Coast been, haven't lost since they've been back here in Perth. Um, five in a row here, two back in the hub in um, in Queensland. So, I, I mean, I'll see West Coast um, continuing on their merry way here. Yeah, I – GWS were just insipid mm. against Sydney last week. And, uh, I mean, they'll probably come out and try and show something. Yeah. These teams generally show something after a performance like that. But West Coast is just too experienced, too well-drilled to get beaten by a team yep. like GWS there's, at this There's point. been talk that perhaps Nat Nui and Kennedy might be rested. I certainly hope that is not true. <laughs> um, but uh, I think they could get away with it this week. I think Nat Nui... I think you play Richmond the week after. Yeah, on the Thursday. So there's there's a bit of forward planning. So it'll be interesting to see how, what the what the lineup looks like when it comes out on Saturday. Um, but I think West Coast should win this. They will win this. All right, Monday night to finish the round, we've got Collingwood North, which is an intriguing little contest, this. This is no market down in the book, I don't think. This will be uh, North on their – I mean, they were right against Brisbane last week. LDU starting to show a bit of form, which is great. Um, 
shades. Someone said shades of Judd just storming out of the pack. Um, but he was because he was touted as a second draft pick. Then your boys took Brayshaw, and then he ended up going to North. Um, but he hasn't really taken off. And mind you, neither is Brayshaw. But until no, recently, that that uh, crop of players has been a bit slow to develop. I think. Who was number one that year? That wasn't uh, Walsh, was it? Or was that the no, year after? that was the year after. Who was number one that year? Oh, it was uh, the Brisbane guy. Oh, yeah. Him. It was Rainer. You know, the, um, Rainer. Yeah. Cam Rainer. So, and he, yeah, well, he's going to be quiet. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Um, LDU, good to see him start to show some form. I reckon the pies here, but, oh, gee, oh, is that... Uh, this is my roughie for the week. At three dollars eighteen, a little bit of a little bit of a look at the Kangas. I think um, yeah, if Adelaide was playing Collingwood this week, they might get the get the win. Oh wow, that's a big call. All right, Collingwood are woeful. They are, but I'm going to pick them and beat the Kangas. All right, are we going to get straight into our our, our um, predictions? Let's do it. Let's do it. Certainty for you, Mike, for this week. Certainty for me this week is West Coast. Uh, I can't see them for all the reasons we just talked about uh, dropping a game to GWS after how bad GWS was against Sydney. Um, I think it's just an absolute certainty. Okay. How about you? I hope you're right. I'm going for Port against Hawthorne because Hawthorne are basically playing their reserve side and they are looking pretty ordinary and they lose O'Meara and Sicily and Port coming off a 10-goal smacking at the hands of Geelong. I think it'll be smarting, still sitting top spot, the power. Um, I think they've got too much to play for. And at home, they go back to Adelaide at home. They will smack Hawthorne. Um, The heat is on, Mike. The heat for me is on Essendon. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of talk about the coaching arrangement there, the two coaches, what's actually going on whether they've got a clear direction. I think they're still playing the the worst fold yes. style a bit, which is the run and gun sort of a, a game, which I actually quite like to watch when it works. Yeah, when it it's works. It's exciting. But uh, there's also sort of talk that they're trying to play the Richmond way and they just don't really have the types of players to do that. Yeah, well, it's good. It's actually they showed um, some footage of, um, you know, the coaching staff at, at work. Um um, with the truck and Woosher and, and I think even Carousella, who's a very experienced assistant and coach. So they've got a good coaching group down there, um, you know, talking through some things. But, um, yes, they're not getting it done at the moment. So they wouldn't want to uh, embarrass themselves against the Tigers. No. So uh, I think that they uh, they will lose. Anyway, the heat is on them. What about you? I think it's Giants. I mean, I don't think anyone expects – I mean, some people might, but most people won't expect the Giants to win against West Coast, depending on the side that West Coast decide to put out. Um, but they wouldn't want to get pumped. I just think they, they'd want to give a good good showing of themselves. Um, I mean, you still put GWS's midfield with Kelly, Cornelio, Whitfield all playing. It stacks up well against West Coast midfield, minus Yo and Redden at the moment. Um, so... Yeah, well, this should be a good game, but if, John, if GWS just they haven't been able to kick goals and they've got Cameron, you know, Finlayson you mentioned earlier has kicked a goal in every game, Himmelberg, um, Green's out at the moment. They've just been really ordinary. 
the Giants. So they need to turn that around and turn around pretty quickly. Otherwise, this they season do. will go bye-byes. It sure will. Uh, uh, go on. You've got a big one. You've got a big multi that you want everyone to jump on. So get I, on it. I've gone for a big one. I'm a big fan of the 40-plus, but uh, it's a very rarely pick it. But I feel like there's a couple of reduced quarters for the 40-plus this week. Reduced quarters, so decent odds, hopefully. Uh, I've gone with West Coast 40-plus, which is paying $4.06. I've gone Gold, uh, it's not Gold Coast, uh, Geelong uh, to win 40-plus over Adelaide. Adelaide. That will happen. Uh, which will happen, uh, which is a $1.93, a bit better odds there. Okay. And then I've gone for a player that has been playing quite well, been kicking a goal here and there as an anytime goal scorer, Michael Frederick. At the Dockers, uh, anytime goal scorer two dollars. Uh, he's paying total there is fifteen dollars eighty two. Fifteen eighty two. Get your teeth into so, that. So uh, I I could do with a win. I don't think I've had one in a season and a half. Yeah, so, uh, Mike yet to have a win whilst we've been going. I haven't had one this year, mind you. So this is the one. So I'm going for the Gold Coast to beat Carlton. Uh, the upset on Friday night. The Gold Coast are paying $2.60, and I think they're great odds for the Suns. I don't think Carlton are that good. Um, we're, lucky, pretty good. we're lucky to get over your mob, um, and I think that the Suns, whilst they're tiring a bit, I think, I think, I think, I just think they might get up. Uh, <laughs> my anytime goal scorer will be is Jamie Cripps for West Coast, paying $1.80 against the Giants, and I've gone all three different aspects of the game. So then I've gone Luke Parker to get 25 touches uh, for Sydney against the Dockers. He got 29 last week. He's paying $2.10. And that, with a power play, is $10.90. It's pretty solid, that one, actually. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. And I reckon that's all right. We'll see how we go. Um, so, yeah, that's it from me. Mike, are you happy, happy with that? All good? We are done, mate. We are uh, done. So I hope that uh, my, my boys can uh, put up a good performance this week. Yeah. Last and last round in Perth. After last week's uh, interesting finish. <laughs> first loss after the siren in their history. I mean, there you go. So uh, I'm working on, Mike, maybe for the next episode, um, The uh, maybe we'll get an All-Australian team out. Maybe. We'll see how we go. Um, I might have a look myself. I've got a few days off. So. Here you go. Have a look whilst you're down there tanning and at 13 degrees probably down there <laughs> uh, in Albany. But uh, enjoy and uh, we hope your team wins this week. We'll see you soon. See you next week. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.